Welcome to the Happy Manual, an extra smile podcast, a happiness and fulfillment at work show produced by TSW Training and presented by Alice Asprew and me, Amanda Bathory Griffiths. Would an ILM prepare you for extraordinary leadership pressures? Today we are joined by Recruit One, otherwise known as Jamie Davis, from Series 7 of the Channel 4 TV show SAS Who Dares Wins. He also happens to be one of TSW's ILM alumni. Here he describes the intensity of his experience at the SAS military base in Jordan. In punishing heat, enduring bark leadership tactics, Jamie discovered that strength is a state of mind and that under harsh orders is an individualistic approach, uniting teams and powering you on to win. Let's start the show. For those of us who have never seen the show, could you tell us a little bit about your experience with SAS Hughes Wins and what it involves? Yes, so it's a um, best of the best course. It's a military-based course for the uh, Marines who's classed as kind of the, the, the best of the best. So they you, they give you a portion of what their training is, um, but in a, a small frame, kind of enhanced course, so rather than it based over 12 months, it's, bit, it's based over 11 days um, and it's pretty full on. So um, we, yeah, it's, they do extreme... Um, extreme things, throw your helicopters, hang you off cliffs, but then there's also, there's a lot of fist, there's a lot of fitness beastings. Um, and yeah, you, you put together with 19 other strangers with uh, four DSs, which is the directing staff that um, tend to direct and tell you what to do, when to do it and where to do it. So we were in the Jordanian desert, so um, it was 40 degrees in the day and it did get quite cold at night. Um, found out literally the taxi picked me up from the house, took me to the airport, and then they handed me my tickets at the airport to say, by the way, you're going to Jordan. So I found out about three hours before I landed in Jordan. So yeah, everything's quite um, secretive and hush hush. And what was the application process like? Did you feel like you were using skills that you picked up from the ILM sort of from the beginning when you were filling out the application form? Yeah, this, the, the application form is really long, to be honest with you. you, you I think it's nearly a 12-month process or um, like most watch the show at the end of the credits if you like to apply. So I thought I'd give it a go. It's basically a, a full-on application form, uh, lots and lots of questions, in-depth questions. So they start from childhood, uh, any remarkable incidents that have happened in your life that would have guided you or changed you, um, fitness accomplishments, um, but yeah, it, they kind of, they want to see, try to get some depth out of you to see if, if you fit the mould. Um, not only do they want kind of characters they, they could perhaps break down and build back up, they also want leaders, they also want um, people that are just going to be funded as well, because obviously at the end of the day, it is a TV show as well as a, as a, a brutal course. It's got to be entertaining as well as, as, as uh, just damn hardness to be honest with you but yeah it was it's quite brutal so after the application form uh this fitness test just to see if you're physically fit to go um it's a mile and a half run in under nine and a half minutes 50 at least minimum 50 pull-ups push-ups in two minutes 50, minimum 70 sit-ups in two minutes and then it's like weighted carries um and then they ask you to do other tests along the way like swimming etc etc to, to kind of gauge where you are um after that is a, a video call um, so it's like an interview, again, uh, learning skills from from a course of, you know, using narratives, the words, um, 
showing you know, they, they ask quite a lot of questions with regards to how you cope with others around you. Do you plan? Do you think you're a good leader? Do you work well on your own? Do you work well in the team? So um, yeah, lots, lots, took lots from the course, which helped. Um, and being in a position I am also helped with with kind of the leadership skills. Um, hopefully, anyway. But um, yeah, and then after that, it's basically medicals, and then they send you back in. So yeah, well, it's a thorough application process, isn't it? Yeah, they they literally literally find out about two months before you go, and then they kind of send you a fitness uh, timetable about four weeks before you go, which I don't really know how much good four weeks beforehand is, but um, <laughs> but uh, yeah yeah, so I, I kind of in anticipation kept myself fit up to it anyway. So, but yeah, read a couple of, read some motivational books and stuff like that. Come and keep me going through the dark times because it's quite uncomfortable training three four times a day. So. So yeah, yeah, I was trying to get, get myself through it. And teamwork and leadership plays a huge part in the show. So did you find that any of the leadership skills that you learned on the ILM course that you completed with us helped you to navigate some of the challenges that you faced when you were actually on the show? Did you share anything that you've learned with any of the other contestants or? Yeah, massively. Um, I'm a bit of a fanboy. I love the show, always watched it and you always, Watching it, you always think it's an individual thing. You're there to kind of compete against others, but it's not at all. Those that go there as an individual will go up quick. Um, every person on there, no matter whether they go at day one or they get to the end, without help from others, you don't get it. You literally don't get it. And um, and I was heavily reliant on others. Um, like I was quite strong physically. I was always towards the top of the pack. I wasn't too bad mentally, but then emotionally, which I didn't even take into consideration, I struggled with. So then others helped me there when I like to think I helped others mentally. Um, and it is, it is, it's tough. Yeah, you, you know, they physically break you down. You're tired, you're hungry, you're emotional, um, and you need others around you, whether you guiding them to give you something to concentrate on or others guiding you, but you literally have to work as a team. Like I said, the individuals do not last on it whatsoever. It's all about a support network and being there for each other. Um, and they kind of ease off you a bit when you start to become a team, because that's what essentially they're trying to, it's all about brotherhood, trust, and, and then without the, that trust or that support network, you, you just don't work. It just doesn't work as a team. So you kind of learn that, Hang on a minute, I'm not you as an individual. I actually got to work with others to improve just just like any sort of work environment. You know, if if one as I'm a manager, if I work as an individual, those below me are not going to follow me. are not going to want to work for me. So it's supporting, reviewing and actually learning from those as well as them learning from me. So, yeah, ma massive amounts from 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 learning um, my my level five skills took lo lots with it. Um, and what they don't show on the day they on in the in the course is um, duty recruits. So someone's a duty recruit every day. So they picked me first day. So it was kind of the worst day to have it. First re duty recruit, first one going to take in charge, kind of what's missing, get organised. No one really knows each other. But then I used used what I learned from the course. I used my leadership skills and. Um, hopefully done a, a good enough job. The guys um, were quite complimentary about it. So I took my leadership skills and kind of being towards the older of the of the ones, um, not the oldest, but close. Um, yeah, it definitely helped being in the management role and, and having the education I've had for, in my level five definitely helped. And could you see everyone's kind of strengths and weaknesses within the team? Could you kind of suss everyone out a little bit? Uh, you, you definitely, get it to after a day or two of spending 24 seven with each other and uh, you know not all 
not all scars are, are physical they're mental as well and and probably for the majority of the guys in there were more mental mental scarring so you know and most people like in work they, they just crave kind of approval so it's very much like you know maslow's hierarchy of needs we got to we just want our basic needs which is our food our water some sort of rest and then you kind of you go on to your kind of your physical needs where we you know you want you want support you want to feel belonged you want friendship you you want to be there and then kind of moving on to kind of fulfillment then towards the ends where this is a tap off the back of, of a fellow recruit or the ds is giving you actually some good feedback instead of just screaming at your face calling you uh, a body part that i couldn't speak of right now but uh <laughs> but yeah it's um yeah you, you you see many many kind of weaknesses through that because like i said it goes from basics to to fulfillment to belonging and to be honest the majority of us on there you just want to be belong belong to a group in there. You know, no one wants to be there on their own. The struggle, um, as you've seen in others uh, on the on their way, kind of when they got called out on it later, they they grew then as a person after realizing they were kind of a single entity, and then you know massive amounts for those, and just moved on um, being as a group rather than than that individual. And talking about um, rude words and swearing, <laughs> um, when you think of the military, you typically think of that of like seniors just barking orders at soldiers and things. Was that kind of your experience on the show? Was it similar to that or was it more like a democratic way of looking at things? It was probably both, to be honest. There's elements of they just scream at us quite a lot. It's not um, it's not the cameras are rolling, right, we need to scream about it. The cameras are always rolling. It's kind of a, an immersive experience. So even when you have your batteries changed or your mic check, they're still pretty horrible to you. It's like, right, turn away, look at the wall. They, they, it is do as I say all the time. But then when they give you the tasks, it's more of a, a democratic because they kind of, they give you the task, especially in the group tasks. They tell you what they want, but then they're open for you to work as a group, um, you know, to exchange ideas, you know, to be all inclusive and they, you know, build trust um you know empathy and it's more more that then so i'd say it's a good mix of both um because yes the, the task will be given it's right this is the task this is how we've done but like at war you never know where you're going to face you never know what what's going to come up and things will have to change and you may not always be the expert to do it so you have, do have to open open it up to look at other people's expertise and and if someone's use other people's strengths um to get the task done so i'd say elements of it but probably more more the other side of the democratic to be honest with it. what was it like going from a workplace where i imagine everyone's very respectful to each other <laughs> um, and nobody's kind of screaming and swearing at each other was that kind of a shock to the system or did you find that it motivated you when you were in that more extreme situation it was definitely shocked the system it took me probably three days um i kind of got there and literally within seconds this on the floor get dirty get beasted you're getting clipped around the head you're getting thrown in water you're getting rolled around in sand and it's kind of the shock of what the hell am i doing here but um i kind of made a list before i went in of things i wanted to achieve while i was in there and one of my biggest things i underlined was enjoy it because i generally excel when i enjoy things so uh one of the one of the tasks uh, which didn't get shown because there were many that didn't was um was like a, a ring where we kind of had to rest each other up so they pinned me up against kind of uh the six foot four european boxer um so i was like great um everyone looking at me thinking unlucky you've got the biggest guy here but um 
kind of uh, Remy, one of the DS has come up and kind of said something to me, kind of not to use something, kind of not to use my my injury as a, as a as an excuse, and it really fired me up to be honest. So I was really really upset at what he said to me, and then kind of went in there, absolutely annihilated the guy. I ruined him in about two seconds and then it was a turning point for me and then afterwards i realized what he'd done for me he'd actually good leadership skills he knew it what to press to get me in that mind frame to motivate me to get the job done and i got it done pretty good uh, and then once kind of i self-reflected and realized what he'd done to me you know i obviously thanked him for it afterwards um because yeah he, he, he knew what to press and it worked massively so you see elements of the ds's using a lot of their leadership skills of what they, they they they're the best in the business of reading they knew every one of us inside out within a day or two they knew our weaknesses they knew our strengths they knew which buttons to press they knew how to get people down their bands in they knew they knew what to do and they, they're the best at it and it was trying to learn from them um to learn about myself so to learn what triggers me to make me accomplish or get the task done. so that was pretty cool to be honest with you I forgot what the question was now. I think I, I t went off on a tangent. <laughs> that's all right. It actually led into my next question, which was, <laughs> did their leadership inspire you? But that's obviously the sign of a good leader, that he knows your individual you know, strengths and weaknesses and how to motivate you and get you to get the job done, really. Yeah, and you, you just crave their approval. Um, and, you know, when you're on there, you crave their approval and the recruit's approval. And then kind of afterwards, when it's been aid, because it's, you know, filmed six months ago, you kind of, you were kind of, crave the approval then of, of family of friends of those that know you just like in work we all we all want to tap on the back and be told that we're doing well or you've done well so yeah it's yeah approval is a big thing for me um obviously i went in with my own demons i struggle with failure massively really really struggle with failure um i'd like to think i still struggle a bit with it because uh, i the fact that i was a few hours short of completing it still haunts me but learning what i gained from failure um i learned more from failing than i did from not trying so yeah it was definitely definitely a huge outcome for me and yes they're very very inspirational um but <laughs> in a different way of kind of know how to motivate you but to be fair once once the the show was over uh, or once you ran your band in they were completely different characters and actually they were you know i had very kind words off um off foxy uh, he said I was one of his favourites. I gave 110% and everything, and, and nothing but admiration. And he was really, really good after taking the mick out of me for for my thick Welsh accent. But yeah, they they were yeah really cool guys to be fair. Amazing! It is the having that growth mindset, I suppose, as well of seeing that failure is like an opportunity to learn and grow rather than something to set you back and something to be, you know, worried about or caught up on. Yeah, yeah, definitely learned a lot about myself. It's definitely, definitely a humbling experience, that's for sure. Um, I definitely kind of take family and friends and the kids. Um, I appreciate them a lot more now. I think as soon as I come back, I kind of realised how much I missed them. I was away with them for just over three weeks. Um, a lot more patience in work with with staff, and it's more more about development. And now I, I I spend a lot of my time trying to develop staff rather than trying to push them and 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 not doing it my way isn't always the best way to do things you know if they do it a way that's not quite right but it's 80 percent right it's now fine with me rather than me having to do it at 100 percent right because they're developing they're learning 
and yeah, it doesn't always have to be the right way to, for someone to for it to be right or for someone to learn from it. So yeah, I definitely I gained loads from it to be honest with you. And going back to kind of the mental and emotional toll, I suppose there's been a big focus on mental health across all types of workplaces, um, and the armed forces obviously have huge challenges to deal with when it comes to kind of experiencing traumatic events and pushing their bodies physically to the limit. Um, and we spoke to your TA Sue, who was telling us about John Adair, who came up with the action-centred leadership theory. And he, um, his background was actually in the forces, but his theories incorporate more like kind of soft skills as well, like motivation and coaching and counselling. Did you see any of that during your time on the show? Yeah, obviously, the, you see elements of it with the with the individual coaching, like we talked about earlier. Um, I experienced bits of it myself um, during like. I've, I've had an industrial accident, so my my right hand's limited to what I can and can't do. So during tasks that tend to use my hand quite a lot, um, one or two of the DSs would generally kind of say motivation, so a bit more softer skills. And then sometimes when I just needed to kind of rock it up, up the bum, they would kind of shout at me and get me going in different ways. So they knew, completely knew what triggers to push. Um, and yeah, they were really, really soft. They, they also, knew when you needed to learn from it or they knew when others were, were kind of being led rather than lead so as you see in other episodes those that kind of don't stand out they put in leadership positions uh try to get the skills out of them try to draw it out of them but then it doing that it also brings others to the party that may have not led but will step in because they see others struggling so yeah definitely it's a more softer approach it's more about you know coaching Developing skills, you know, is the, you, you focus on the task, and then it's what do we need to do as a group, and then what do we need to do as an individual. So it's just like a, you know, John is just it's breaking it down into those three spheres and and working, working out the task or the job in hand into those task group individuals. Everyone knows what they're doing. Everyone knows how to do it, and then if needed, um, who needs the coaching, who needs the extra mentoring, who needs help, um, and yeah, especially within the group tasks uh, and towards the end when we were putting groups, definitely uh, uh, John Adair's kind of philosophy was definitely in place. Did you find that the whole experience made you a better manager? Would you say? How do you use? I, um, I don't know. You'd have to ask. Have to ask my staff. Um, yeah, they 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 were amazing. To be fair, I, you know they on social media that my boss is better than yours with the photos of me in there and stuff like that so <laughs> it was pretty cool um yeah i i'm a pretty relaxed uh manager i i tend to find i get more from them you know we didn't work 40 50 hours a week if, if you can't have a bit of fun then i don't see the point in being here so i like to see smiles on faces and people enjoying themselves there's always a, there's a time for seriousness um as long as they don't cross that line they don't ever really see that side of me but I'm fortunate in the staff I go, they, I want to develop them and they really seem to want to be developed. So um, thanks to the courses that I've done with yourselves and, and the ILM is giving me the tools to help that, you know, my, my biggest focus is staff, staff development. I'm not one to stand on people to get where I am. I like to take people with me and, and you know, my big, my biggest achievement is one of the, one of the girls under me now, she's telling me she wants my job in the next two years. And I think that's great. Honestly, I absolutely love it. And I think everyone should. Why, why shouldn't they? I, I say the same to my boss, or why shouldn't they say the same to me? So, and the fact that, you know, perhaps I've got that openness that they can say that to me, then great. But yes, yeah, it's, it's, for me, it's, it's all about developing staff. The staff are key in any business. They're their biggest asset. So why wouldn't we want to work with them? You know, I don't want to lose 
my staff to any other company. So I try to look after them and 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 try to do what I can for them within my powers. It's amazing to have that relationship with your staff and also your staff to have that ambition as well, isn't it? It's lovely. Oh, I love it. Absolutely love it. I, I love it. One to ones when they say that to me, I think it's the greatest thing ever. I said it once to my manager years ago and he didn't quite know how to take it. I was like, oh, gosh. Right. <laughs> I'm coming for you. <laughs> yeah, and, and like I say, it's nothing wrong with settling and everyone's happy. You know, if you're happy and you're all, that's great. It's just, I've never, I'm quite an ambitious person. I wouldn't have gone on that course to try to prove something to myself and my kids if I wasn't. So I love those that are ambitious around me and, you know, why settle for nothing less than perfect? And that, that's that's the way I work. And I love the fact that my staff will only work that way as well. Amazing. And our final question for today is what did you know about yourself going into the show and what did you learn about yourself in the process? Um, I don't know, I had a few breakdowns before I went in, kind of um, self-doubt is a, it was a huge problem of mine. I really kind of doubted myself terrible, didn't think um, I was strong enough, didn't think I weak, was weak areas. I kind of just going in a room with 19 strangers you never met before. Uh, into a, uh, an experience that you know is is probably a, the show doesn't perceive how hard it is to be honest with you. It's, it's literally a hundred times harder than the show perceives it. You're on eight nine hundred calories a day. They don't show you're on you're on watch all night. So you're literally having three hours sleep a night. Um, you know, I had two showers in eleven days, and they were both ice cold. Uh, you kind of knew when it was bad when the flies stopped landing on you. So you kind of knew. We thought, right, I'm in trouble here. Uh, two pairs of pants. You're you're only allowed to go in with two pairs of pants and a toothbrush, so it's limited. It is it's it's fine. But I I kind of everything I was worried for, everything I was scared of, I actually excelled in there. Um, I used my leadership skills to be a leader in there. I was kind of one of the stronger candidates. Physically, I was one of the oldest, so I worried I wasn't going to be physically fit. But then. I was always first or second in the fitness to a degree where they were kind of making jokes, kind of taking the mick out of me because it was like, oh, you, 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 there's an effing surprise. But I loved it because it kind of motivated me. And then, you know, it, it pays to be a winner. So I made sure I was first or second because I didn't have to work as hard as everyone else then. But it didn't pay me a winner the first three days. I kept winning and they just beasted me more. And then uh, after about three days, it actually paid to be a winner. But yeah, I, it, I thought... I thought I was super competitive, um, and I am super competitive, but it's more about acceptance um, and not seeing people seeing me because of what the, uh, the injury I've gone through is people not seeing me as weak and seeing me as strong. And that was the biggest thing for me. Um, and then I kind of, I was always worried how, how I was going to be perceived on the show. Uh, and to be fair, the feedback and the support in the in not in, not only in work but within Blind and Gwent has been phenomenal. To be honest with you, it's um, yeah. As a as a small borough, sometimes I kind of I always fear they don't really like people to get on. But I got to be honest, they were absolutely amazing and really really supportive. Like I can't go to Asda's now and I, I still get stopped. It's great. So the ones that stop and ask, I like. It's the ones that just stop and stare at me. It's really it's a little bit deceiving and 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 discouraging and people just staying at you like why do I know him but um yeah I couldn't talk about it for six months so I absolutely love talking about it but yeah I, I learned I if anything giving myself more patience it, it was definitely a humbling experience and the biggest thing is probably kind of with the years of feeling sorry for myself I realized that everyone has issues like every single person on that course had issues and some were a lot worse than mine uh 
and it's a case of kind of stop feeling sorry for yourself and 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 get on with it but more kind of speaking of the family is where I've come from to where I've been you know I, I come from a 20 year old that had an industrial accident working in a factory with no real prospects in life to to being a senior manager in a in a leisure trust uh, going back to college going back to university doing off courses where I think if people say you can't do it it's my biggest pet it's when someone tells me I can't do something I will do it, it you know they, after my injury they said I never played rugby again so I went back played rugby I two knee ops they said you never run I was like well I've never run but I'll take it up um so yeah I don't let people tell you you can't do something and, and really go for it because it's too easy to say oh right they said I can't do it I want but you're going to miss out on opportunities and it's again it's all about that failure isn't it it's just it's failing to get you know it's the the, the Fear of failing is worse than, than than trying to accomplish something. And even a failing, I failed many times over the years, but I've learned a lot more and I, I'm probably a better manager for the failures rather than the, than, than the, the things I've done right. So, um, yeah, I would, yeah, just humbling experiences. That's, that's for sure. That was our ILM grad, Jamie Davis, reflecting on his time on SAS Who Dares Wins, chatting to our presenter, Alice Asprew. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to the Happy Manual podcast or follow our Instagram page at TSW Training to get a daily dose of happiness and fulfillment at work inspiration. To find out more about leadership and management skills development, please visit tsw.co.uk and to watch SAS Who Dares Wins Series 7 featuring Jamie, it's streaming on all four right now. Thanks so much for listening. Hova! Catch you soon!